As I bring this out, I remind you that over these weeks, we are participating in a series. The series is around Imagine. We have discussed peace and faith, and today we're looking at hope. And the idea here is that we humans are intrinsically limited in our imaginations. And yet God calls us to have a God-sized imagination and to live into these concepts fully and completely in a way that God intends us to do. That they're not just cute little words that one would put on a poem or cross-stitch on a wall. These are words and concepts and ideals that we live by and we strive for. And we need, especially in this time and in this season, when so much is going on in our world and in our homes, to cling to the concepts of, concepts of peace, to faith, and to hope. From the cowardice that dares not face new truth, from the laziness that is contented with half-truth, from the arrogance that thinks it knows all truth. Good Lord, deliver us. Amen. Unlike the concept of peace, which sometimes seems a bit idealistic, or the concept of faith that sometimes seems just optional, hope is a universally accepted and sought-after concept. It is something that artisans, sailors, hunters, hippies, hunters who are also hippies, um, Wall Street traders, surfers, farmers, southern bells, whatever it is that's out there, everybody wants hope. Every person in every time, in every generation, in every corner of the world desires hope. Hope is that universal drive, that universal ideal, that universal push that makes us continue to go on and take another breath and face another day. One story that always comes to mind when I hear the word hope is the story that comes from Rabbi Hugo Grin. And this rabbi recalls how when he was a young boy, his family was taken to Auschwitz. And when they were in the concentration, of, concentration camp there in Auschwitz, it was a dark and horrible period. And he remembers that his father did what at the time for him as a young boy seemed unthinkable. His father gathered the family around, and it was Hanukkah. It was the Festival of Lights. And the father took the last pad of butter that the family had, the last food that they had, and he tore off a string from his ratty clothes, and he put that string in the butter and said some of the prayers and lit that candle. And the boy was just aghast that he would do that. That was the last bit of butter they have. That was the last bit of food they could sustain themselves. And here his father turns around and uses it for this religious tradition that sure hadn't gotten them very far. And his father turned to the boy and said, No, we cannot live a single minute without hope. And this fire represents that hope. Never let it go out. Never let it go out. Not here, not anywhere. The boy remembers that when he grew up 
when he himself became a rabbi and told the story again and again. And I hear those words and it reminds me of the absolute power that this concept of hope has. And yet we as a society tend to trivialize hope. We tend to make it somewhat superficial. We dumb it down. We lump it in the same thing as good wishes or dreams or positive mojo. It's just something to be happy or optimistic about. And yet hope itself is such a great and grand and pure and wonderful concept, and we put it with all this other stuff just to make it kind of happy thoughts. So how do we reclaim the power? How do we look to that hope? And, and as we think about it, specifically in the context of church, what can we say that is uniquely a Christian kind of hope? As I said, everybody, everywhere, at all times, wants hope. But what voice can we add that is godly, that is Christian? What lens can we take that gives us some understanding of this hope that, that only we can offer? And I think that message of hope is particularly clear on Easter morning or any funeral service. Any time that we come through and as a congregation and as clergy and through our songs we bear witness to the fact that we have eternal hope. That the grave is not the end, that we have this blessing, we have this promise, we have this hope that means that we can face death knowing that there is so much more that awaits. This is a beautiful, wonderful, and glorious hope that we can profess that is certainly uniquely ours as Christians to witness to. But there are other times where we're not, it's not Easter morning, or it's not a funeral, where we just have this general hopelessness, this kind of drudgery of the day-to-day -day life. And in those times and places, what kind of message of hope? When death is not right upon us, what sort of hope gives 